everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of faith formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm my little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister. I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the digital resource curator. And we are back here in your podcast feed for this sixth week of Easter. Is that right? Sixth yep. week of Easter in year C, uh, and we have an interesting uh, challenge again today because this is, again, a Sunday where there is an option for two different gospel readings, both from the Gospel of John, one from chapter 5 and one from chapter 14. Also, correction, last week I said, for some reason, that we were ending our time in the Gospel of John and transitioning to more Lucan readings. Which is patently false. There's at Evidently. least there's at <laughs> least have like two Johns now. <laughs> yeah, there's not only two Johns gospels to pick from today, but there's like four or five. I think a month, another month of John readings. You've disappointed us all greatly, David. Yeah. Pack your so bags I'm sorry and go. About that. No, Maybe not a month. There's at least a few more weeks of John. Uh, so you know, we'll hang out with John for a little while longer, which is great. He's an interesting uh, person. Um. So we are going to read, as, as is our custom when we have two different optional readings, so we're going to read both of them, highlight a point from each, and then one point that ties the two together so that whichever one you hear on Sunday morning at your church or the church that's closest to you, um, you'll, you'll get something for your week of discussions. And again, all of the Faith to Go resources, which you can use uh, with your family this week, if that's something that you do, uh, you can find at www.myfaithtogo.org. And they are all going to be based on the John 5 reading. But um, either way, there will be some thematic similarities between the two gospel readings. Again, because they're both from the same gospel, uh, the same book. So... um, but first, before we get into our gospel readings and discussion, uh, we had a poll on Instagram yesterday, uh, this past week, and it was a question about last week's gospel. And uh, I made the assertion that there may be a difference between Jesus' commandment in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, to love your neighbor which is more all-encompassing and universal, and this in this commandment in John from Jesus, where Jesus never says, love your neighbor, but he does say, love one another to your disciples. So the question was, is there a difference between Jesus' commandment in John to love one another and his commandment in the other Gospels to love your neighbor? It was 57% no, 43% yes. So I was voted down. But there is, <laughs> but I there voted is yes. no difference. Jackie, what did you vote? I did not vote. Uh, Jackie okay. abstained. <laughs> yeah. I abstained. And this I was very tempted ballot. to vote just so I could see the answer. Or, you know, the yeah. results so far. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, yeah. for voting. So thank you for all who voted. And really, you know, it is a matter, it is a matter of scholarly and personal opinion and... Um, Interpretation, because you can interpret love one another as saying, you know, whoever you are with, love right. one another. Humans. You could also see it as, 
you know, this kind of commentary on on the situation from which the Gospel of John was being written, where they really were in opposition to another group, and so they were saying, you know, what really what we need to do is love one another because we're kind of being attacked by this other group of people, and then you're kind of constricting it. So interpret it one way or another, but the majority of people that voted said no. So there you go. Uh, if you have any uh, questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion, we always want to hear from you. You can send us an email, faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org. You can also direct message us through Instagram, or you can contact us through the website, myfaith2go.org. We'd love to hear from you, and we will share those questions and comments on the next uh, week's podcast. And now we're going to jump into the Gospels. So we have uh, two Gospels, like I said before, one from John 5 and one from John 14. So I am going to read the John 5 reading, and then right after that, Jackie is going to read the John 14 reading. And then I will highlight a point from John 5, Jackie will highlight one from 14, and Maya is going to tie us all together. So this is John 5, 1 through 9. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool, called in Hebrew, Beth Zatha, which has five porticos. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Now that day was a Sabbath. John fourteen twenty three through 29 Jesus said to Judas, not Iscariot, those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but it is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you have loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. Okay, so, interestingly, these two optional readings are from two very different parts of John's Gospel. So they're almost, they, they even sound very different. Because one of them, the earlier one from John 5, is kind of in the midst of Jesus' active ministry, walking around, doing things. Here, they're both, both of these stories are taking place in Jerusalem. But that's because Jesus spends a whole lot more time in Jerusalem in the Gospel of John than he does in other Gospels. In the other Gospels, Jesus doesn't make it to Jerusalem until the last few chapters uh, and really only goes to Jerusalem um, in that final Palm Sunday, that, that uh, triumphal entry. But here, it's you know the fifth chapter and Jesus is going up to Jerusalem just for a normal 
just as a normal thing that he would do in the course of his ministry. So they're both taking place in the same physical location, but there are two very different points in Jesus's ministry. In the first one, Jesus is still moving around, talking to people, teaching, doing miracles, um, you know, eating with people, meeting with people. Um, And then in 14, which is what Jackie read, he's just talking to his disciples and it's in the midst of what is called his farewell discourse to the disciples, which is those last... Uh, there's like three or four chapters leading up to his betrayal uh, and his arrest where he's just talking to his disciples about his, the fact that he's leaving and what things are going to be like and what is what is coming for them. Another interesting item, I think, from the John 5 reading is that if you if you if you look in your Bible and you look for John 5 verse 4, it does not exist. It goes John 5, verse 3, to John 5, verse 5. And then you probably have a textual note in your Bible that says that John 5, verse 4 has been omitted because it's been decided that it was probably not original to the the manuscript of John's gospel. And John 5, verse 4 is a continuation of of verse 3. In these porticos lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the stirring of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well from whatever disease that person had. This happens a lot. You'll see, depending on which Bible you have, you'll have textual notes and and, uh, different footnotes about different verses. And, And often it will say other ancient manuscripts or other ancient authorities add blank or omit blank. And this one's pretty big for an entire verse to be omitted or added. But the thing to know is that we don't have original manuscripts for any of the books of the Bible. So the way that we get the, the manuscript that is translated into these Bibles that we have is that there are committees and groups of people that take all of the manuscripts and rank them, giving priority to older ones, and then piece them all together like a giant puzzle, and then create a full manuscript of the Bible. And that happens for the Hebrew Bible and for the Greek New Testament. What happened here is that for a long time, there was a a Greek version of the New Testament that had that fourth verse in there. And what they've found then is that going further and further back, the most reliable versions of of John chapter 5 do not have that verse. So that most likely it was like an editorial verse added in to explain why this person was waiting next to the water. So the, the, all, the reason we have all these is because for hundreds and hundreds of years, people were just copying, copying, copying ver- new and newer and newer versions of the gospel. So what happens sometimes is that a person would put an editorial note in the <clears throat> margins, and then the person that copied it would add that into the actual manuscript. And now you have something that looks like it's original that was actually an editorial note added previously. And so that's what... That's what modern biblical scholars are always trying to do, is trying to figure out which, which manuscripts were closest to the originals and then producing manuscripts to translate that are as close as possible. 
no. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to touch on that because it's it's like a pretty significant example in this John five reading of an entire I really verse. Really wouldn't t- have being noticed taken unless you said something. Cause yeah. It's like- so I am talking about John five one through nine as my point, and this is uh, another interesting. You know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of miracle stories and healing stories in John that are that seem very different from the ones in the Synoptic Gospels that do not appear. So, like a story just like this does not appear in the other Synoptic Gospels, but it's similar to the other things that Jesus does: healing people that are blind, lame, paralyzed, and having and doing it often through this conversation not necessarily a laying on of hands but this may this sounds like the the healing of the person that was lowered through the roof uh from the synoptic gospels where he says take up your mat and walk your faith has made you well you know jesus doesn't lay on hands to heal that person he just kind of says go go on get up and do it so that's kind of what I – the thing that jumped out to me, though, was this question that Jesus has for the person that is ill. Um, this guy's been laying there for 38 years waiting to be healed, waiting for someone to come help. And Jesus says, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Mm-hmm. And I think as an observer, I would assume – Yes, I, I assume this person wants to be made well. But I was thinking about my own experience of myself, and I have not, you know, this is talking about like a very specific, like physical illness of some kind that is keeping them in like a physical kind of suffering. Mm-hmm. But I love this question that Jesus asked Do you want to be made well? Because I think sometimes the answer is no. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, like. It's more comfortable because you're used to it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost a more vulnerable and scary uh, outlook to be made well than to remain unwell or mm-hmm. to remain in like a place of suffering. Absolutely. Like suffering is actually more comfortable than being healed or thinking that you could be. Right. Um, and so I'm, th- I'm just – the first thing it made me think of was my own experience of addiction. And this this idea, do I really want to be – healed of my addiction sometimes the answer is no absolutely <laughs> it's like, oh, I I like that. sometimes it's like as much suffering as it, as it has caused in in my life it's also you know i was addicted to the thing for a reason <laughs> you know well, right so, living so i think there's also run. an element yeah. of like are we worthy to be healed from it also mm-hmm. yeah. yeah am i just too messed up yeah is there any hope yeah, because there's almost like there's again more comfort in feeling messed up than feeling beloved. Because interesting, the, the, his answer is not yes. <laughs> it's I have no one to put me into the pool, and then the water is stirred up, and while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. So it's not yes or no. It's well, there's all these reasons that I can't be. I think one thing we default to, and at least I, this has been my experience, is feeling not good enough. And being scared to feel, to like let myself live into the reality that I may actually be. Mm-hmm. That I want to feel broken and un- unredeemable because I'm scared to live into the idea that I might just actually be okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that brings us to my point 
Uh, and my point is in relation to the, I forgot already. Uh, my point is in relation to John 14, uh, and the notion that Jesus is leaving them. And, you know, I think we all can relate to that feeling of someone leaving us, someone dying, someone moving away, um, losing a pet and, and the loss and the hole that you feel there. Um, and to know cognitively, you know, that, that they might be in a better place, that they are, that they might, that they are in a better place, that they are done suffering, that they are made whole again, but still that loss that we feel is really hard. And I, and I think this reading kind of holds that juxtaposition together. Like it's hard to read this reading and not be like, no, like I sometimes don't always feel the peace that God has given me. I, my heart is troubled. Uh, I am afraid regularly. And so how do you hold both of those things? Like knowing that God wants us um, to be peaceful and to not have our hearts be troubled, but also have this very hard reality of our earthly life of losing people and having anxiety and bearing that part of it while also believing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's like an easier easier said than done, Jesus. Yeah, right, same thing with Thanks the Thanks for the help. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, right, that's fine. Yeah, but I think you're I yeah, and I that's been my experience of loss of of death and grie of grieving deaths in my own, in my experience of life too is like I want to my first coping mechanism was to when someone died that was, I was close to was to like to rationalize it in my own theologizing. So to say like, mm. Oh, well I shouldn't be sad because they're, if I believe what I believe, then they're okay. And there's resurrection and heaven and whatever. Right. But that is not and, doing and that whatever, is, <laughs> but that is not, that's not honoring. It is, it's unfair to myself and it's not honoring my actual experience of loss of, right. of missing right. someone, you know, and that's okay, right. Yeah. And that that is like supremely holy experience and that the, the tension of those two things is a holy experience as well. Mm. You know, this person, yes, they might be safe and they, and I'm, they might be in a better place and I might be missing them at the same time. And both right. of those things are, can be true at once. Well, and that notion of like, like every time we lose someone or something, it's, it is mirroring back to losing Jesus again, you know, yeah. and we are losing that relationship with them and we are losing the Jesus that is in them. And we are losing so many aspects of that, of this story all over again. Yeah. Cause as much as it might be comforting to think that Jesus is going to a place that somehow is also in us. It's, he's, he's still, still not, not here. here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dang. It, that's exactly it. That that is the tension. You still can't talk to him anymore. Yeah. and eat yeah. with him anymore. Right. Yes, this person that I loved, that has been a part of my life, that I am deeply connected to, is still connected to me in some mystical way. But they're mm -hmm. not here. Yeah, you know? that's it. Period. And that's it. So, it is and it isn't. So th that all ties into my point because I am doing the point that connects both the John 5 and the John 14 readings. Uh, I'll start, I guess, with John 14. 
I, when Jesus says to them in John 14, 25, 20, uh, chapter, sorry, John chapter 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So I think Jesus is making um, a very clear distinction between the peace that the Lord provides and the peace that the world provides. And something that I've read that I've really enjoyed is like the idea that peace, when it is entirely dependent on a external thing that is also temporal, then it is not peace. And it was like peace capitalized. So like God's peace, you know, and you know, that, that sort of peace, that worldly peace that we have, that comfort from other temporal things, it isn't bad. I mean, <laughs> I'm down to have it. But I think he's making the distinction between his substantial, like, sustaining life-giving peace and other forms of peace. And it's impossible to n- not be affected by external temporal things. But he's saying that his peace is, you know eternal and I think it ties well into the John 5 reading because as David had mentioned the man was when asked do you want to be well he was citing all these other external reasons besides himself that reasons why he couldn't be well you know it was the water he needs to get he needed the water he needed to get to the water he needed someone to take him to the water he needed to not be um, like trampled upon by those who want to go in front of him to go to the water. And I think, as David said, when Jesus kind of empowers him to take ownership of his own healing and play an active part in his own healing, it's it's really cool. Like, um, it's kind of like, reminds me of when Jesus, um, in the wedding in Cana, when he tasks the servants with, filling up the water jars and all that. And he actually doesn't touch the wine. He doesn't touch the man. It's the man who gets up himself and is has to... Kind of how, like, the disciples will have to look within themselves once Jesus leaves in 14. He has to find the Holy Spirit, the Christ dwelling within himself, and trust that and get up because Jesus is calling him to that. And so it's not some sort of, like, I don't know, meritocracy thing, like, only you can heal yourself. Like, it's none of that, because, of course, healing comes with, like, support system and resources. We all need those things. Jesus is, like, still a grace of God that uh, Jesus is there telling him what he's telling him. But he's still the one. Jesus doesn't pick him up off the ground. He still gets up himself. No, and exactly. And it's this, like, close relationship and interaction with God that engenders, because man wouldn't have, like, it's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? You know, it's not like he would have just got up if Jesus hadn't interacted with him, like you're saying. But it's this, it's through this interaction that he is able to stand up mm-hmm. outside of these external things. There's no water used. Mm-hmm. There's no other people used. Jesus mm-hmm. doesn't touch him. And so it's just as the disciples will have to find where Christ resides and, the, and God resides within them. Mm-hmm they will also need to find that same, like, that can, that is the source of healing. Yeah, and peace. And, and peace, and right. eternal, substantial, life-giving peace. Right. Right on. So, there you go. That's three points from two Gospels. Um, 
Two gospel readings. Two gospel readings. That's true. One gospel. <laughs> three points. Two gospel readings. One gospel. <laughs> um, so those three points were uh, to recap. Number one was mine. Number one was mine, and it was about this question that Jesus has for the man at the portico: Do you want to be made well? And the question that we kind of all ask ourselves in different different ways, and thinking about how we may default to our own suffering uh, rather than letting ourselves believe that we can be healed sometimes. Uh, number two was Jackie's, and it was about that tension of both believing in um, this eternal life that Jesus is telling us about and also uh, grieving when we lose someone just as the disciples are are losing Jesus. And then number three was Maya's, and it was about that peace that passes all understanding, the peace that the world cannot give, uh, but that Jesus gives and that God gives, and finding that peace uh, within us as the, the man at the portico finds it through the grace of Jesus and as the disciples are invited to find it with uh, the spirit that Jesus is sending after he's gone. So we're not going to read those Gospels again. Because there's too many of them, right? To reread, but we invite you to reread those gospels, uh, John five one through nine, and John fourteen twenty three to twenty nine. See if you uh, see anything different after hearing that discussion. Uh, make sure to tune back in next week uh, for the last week of Easter. What what June second? What we'll be back in your podcast feed then. Um, make sure to go uh, check out all those faith to go resources at www.myfaithtogo.org. Send us an email with any of your questions, comments, corrections, or stories of your week of faith discussion to faith to go at St. Paul Cathedral. You can also contact us through the website or direct message us on Instagram at faith to go. And make sure to go rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. And until next week, say goodbye. Bye, Bye everyone. Goodbye.